This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Ralph, could you record it? Okay, yeah. Okay, so first of, first of all, everybody, I apologize that I am going to be a little bit overtired when giving this year. I just returned this morning, and it was, was in yeshiva all day, so I did get to nap for about an hour and a half in my good old Hanukkah pajamas, which I was going to wear this year, but then I realized that that might be a little bit awkward for everybody, so I don't have those right now. But either way, what we're going to talk about today is something that I think is super interesting, which I don't think I've spoken about before. It's Parshat Yesha 5784, Parak Lamed Zion Pasuk and here's what the Pasuk says, Ve'ata. Okay, the Pasuk says, and now, Lechu v'nahargeyu, we're going to go and kill them, and we're going to throw him into one of the pits. The Shvatim had already tried sicking dogs on Yosef Atzadik. It didn't work. The dogs didn't work. So they said, so let's kill them ourselves. We'll throw him in one of the pits. And we'll say that a wild animal has killed him. And here are my yuchalamosav. And then we're going to see what's going to be with his dreams. Those dreams that he said that we're going to bow down to him, let's see what's going to happen. So there are three parts to this puzzle that we're going to discuss. The first one is, what does it mean by, let's kill him? Why did they think that was a good idea? Why did they think that that was a smart move? Number two, why a chaya ra achalasu, a wild animal ate him? That's a lie. Why were the Shvatim lying to Yaakov or they were planning on lying to Yaakov Inu? And number three, the Nira Mayu Chalamosov will see what's going to be with the dreams. Why would they have said that? Even if they meant it sarcastically, the way the Ramban is going to see it later on. It seems to be very extraneous words, words that don't seem to be necessary. What are we learning from that? So the Rashbam says that the word Lechu, in the beginning of the Pasuk, says making oneself ready. Let's prepare ourselves to kill Yosef Atzadik, he says. Similar to Lechuvenim Karenel Yishmaelim, let's prepare ourselves to sell him to the Yishmaelim, or Havanis Chakmelo, let's be wise about the Jews. It's all about preparation, getting themselves ready for what is going to be. The Orachayim Akadu says, when they saw Yosef approaching them, right, they decided to go toward him. And that's the idea of Lechu, let us go. They would walk toward him. To, as if to greet him itself. It's if they couldn't stand to be in the same world as Yosef Atzadik. They couldn't even wait for Yosef to come to them. As soon as Yosef was in the vicinity, they hurried toward him to kill him. That's how badly they wanted to destroy him. That's how badly they wanted to take him down. That's what the words of Lehu is right over here. They happened so quickly because they just wanted to take him down completely. Al-Zayim Torah say, says that they wanted it to be a clean killing. No one wanted to do it themselves. They said, Lehu, let's all go together to kill Yosef at Tzadik because we can't do it all at once. We, they wanted to do everything like that. Rather than Bo, let's come, it's Lehu. We'll go together to be able to kill Yosef at Tzadik. All of that is right there. Were they really planning on killing him? Right? Is that really what their plan was? The idea was they were going to kill him? And if so, why didn't they do it? So the Ramban says that they did want Yosef to die, but they didn't want to bring it about themselves. They said, through our own hands, that sounds wrong. It sounds like something's wrong. That's why the Medrash Rabbah, Peytali says, the first thing they did is they sicked dogs on Yosef Atzadik. The first thing they did is they brought dogs, they sicked it on him, and they said, this is what's going to happen. That's the very first thing that they did. That's from the Medrash Rabbah, but it seemed not to work. As soon as the dogs came close... Right? They decided, then it didn't happen. They decided, all right, we have to do it ourselves. If it couldn't happen through that, we'll do it in some other way. Now, that's all the Ramban. The Rabbeinu Yoel even brings a remesis. The word Vayisnaklu in the previous Pasuk that they planned on doing it is 522, the same as Nishase Kloven, that we're going to sick dogs on Yosef Atzadik's house. Now, the Rukeach says the reason why they chose dogs because they know that someone who speaks Lashon Hara is Roy Lashlicho Lekloven. You throw him 
to the dogs. That's what happens. The Gemara Pesachim Kupyad Al-Hanal says that's based on Smicha Sapsukim. You put the Shema Shav next to the idea of throwing to the dogs. You throw Nevelas to the dog and therefore they're connected to one another. That's the idea that's mentioned over here. Now these were sheep dogs for a simple reason. Because they were shepherds. They had dogs with them. They had dogs that were with them at all times. It's funny, by the way, when people say like Jews are not dog people, it's really only post-Holocaust. Jews were always dog people, and there are at least five Midrashim that I know of that have pet dogs that are out there. I know you're super happy about that, right? But the idea behind it is that the dogs were there to help them. So the Shazibu Klavim is because sheep dogs would be the obvious one. Yosef, it's not who was trying to steal a sheep. And if he's trying to steal a sheep, this is the thing they came up against. The sheepdog obviously tried to kill him, so that's what happened over here. That's the first part that they got sent. Now, the Alshach says two other reasons, aside from that one. This falsehood gets thrown to the dogs, etc. Number two, they were suspected by Yosef of eating Abram and Achai. So therefore, they would be eaten, he would be eaten by the dogs alive. That was the Midi Kinegin Midah. They said Avram Achai, he was going to be the Avram Achai. That was number two. And number three, this way, they wouldn't have to do anything at all. The dogs would take care of everything for them, claiming that that was going to be. So he sort of combines the two of the Rokeach and splits it into two different ones. Says the, Abar, uh, the Al-Sheikh, those are the three altogether. Now, I found something unbelievable. We, the passage before said, the dream interpreter has come. Who is the dream interpreter? Who is the Bala Chalomos? Everybody assumes it's Yosef Atzadik. Yosef Atzadik is the guy, right, who had all the dreams. According to the Seda Lederach, this is Rabbi Chesko Landau, he says, and he quotes the Shach, that the Bala Chalomos is the Malach Gavriel. The Malach Gavriel was walking with Yosef Atzadik. And when they sick the dogs on Yosef Atzadik, the Malach Gavriel took out his sword and started hitting the dogs and knocking the dogs away. So the Shvatim said, well, the Balachalomos can't affect us. So the Balachalomos is coming right now. The Gabriel's coming. So the dogs won't affect Yosef Atzadik. Because the Balachalomos, the Malach, is stronger than those dogs. But you know who's not? He's not stronger than us. That's why we will be able to kill him. Because we could beat Gabriel. We're the ones who are going to be able to defeat Gabriel. And we'll be able to throw him in. The idea of a human being is always greater than a Malach is affected by this Pasuk. That's what this Pasuk is referring to, and that's the idea of what they were trying to say. Now, the Lekha Tov even adds, they didn't just shoot, they didn't just have dogs. They shot arrows in the direction of Yosef Atzadik, similar to that, to, um, to the, the Emperor Nero. Before he fought against the Jews, he was the one, he realized that something was wrong when he did this. He shot arrows in the sky, and all of them landed in Yerushalayim. So he went to a child and he said, what Pasuk you're learning? And he said a Pasuk that indicated that Nero was going to destroy the base of Mikdash and then be killed for it. And he said, Hashem wants to destroy the base of Mikdash and wants to wipe his hands clean with the person who does it. He says, I'm not going to do it. Nero went off. And whatever happened, he might have been Magyar. If he died, whatever happened to Nero after that, that's what the Gemara says. This, the Lekakto says that Shimon started shooting arrows toward Yosef Atzadik to see if they would hit. And if they hit, he'd say, well, I was just shooting arrows. I didn't mean to hit Yosef at it, but obviously this is what Hashem wanted. But nothing happened. Rabbeinu Bachaya says they even made a goral. They made a lottery to see what death they should give Yosef Atzadik, right? And they figured out from there what they were going to do until Reuven got up and said, wait a second, why don't we just throw him in a pit? We don't have to kill him. Let's throw him inside there. But why were they allowed to do that? Where does the hatcher come from to kill Yosef? Where did that hatcher come from and who gave them that hatcher? So I have seven answers to this question. Seven answers altogether. 
The first two are obvious, and everybody's heard this one before. This Sforno says is because he clearly was coming up to them. The Shvatim didn't know why. But this guy has already spoken Lashnahara about us and tried to get us killed. This guy has gotten, almost gotten us killed. Remember, a Ben Noach is Chayev Misa for Aver Minachai. A Ben Noach is Chayev Misa for Arias. And those are the two things that Yosef Atzadik said that they were doing. They were over on Aver Minachai and they were over on Arias. So that means that he was trying to kill them when he was on his way toward them, says the Sforno. They said, oh no, he's coming to tell on us again and something that we did. And we all know the concept, the idea that they said is, he's a moser. He's a guy who's telling on us to Yosef, to Yaakov Avinu. He's getting us in trouble. And the Allah of moser is, you're allowed to throw him in a pit. You can get rid of him completely. Or maybe he's a rodeth. And a guy who's chasing after you to kill you, a balor gecha, somebody who's coming to kill you, hashkim lahorgo, get up and kill him. So the Sforna says, for one of those two reasons, either because he's a moser, or because he's a rodeth, therefore he deserved to die. Shal's choose a rush, brings Rabbeinu Hanano and Klal Yudzayin Os Aleph, that a Moser is not supposed to be killed by our own hands. You have to throw him into a pit, but you can't do anything yourself. You can't take a Moser and do anything. You have to allow him to die in another way. The famous Chassam Sofer story, whether it's true or not, I have absolutely no idea. You know what I'm talking about. The Chassam Sofer was once in a mikvah. They, as he went into the mikvah, they said, there's a Moser here. There's a Moser here in the mikvah itself. Chassam Sofer was a big guy. So he said, show me where he is. They showed him where, what, where, where the guy was. So while he was in the mikvah, the Chassam Sofer went over. And again, I cannot tell you it's 100% true, but I read it in a book, and all books are true, right? That he went over to the guy in the mikvah, and he put his head, hand on top of his head until he didn't come back up. How that's not biadayim, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't quite get but that's supposedly what the Chassam Sofer did to an actual Moser, right, in that time itself. But the Rabbeinu Hanano, Shuvah Zerush is quoting, we don't do it, and that's why they said, we'll throw him in a, in a pit. When he said, it's we'll kill him by throwing him in a pit. We won't do anything directly, according to the Rush. We won't do anything directly, we'll do it in a different way. The Chassam Sofer says, one led to the other. They sick dogs on him, and it didn't work. So therefore, what's Yosef going to do? He's going to go back to his father. He's going to say, Yaakov, you'll never believe what just happened. The brothers sick dogs on me. They tried to kill me. So they said, now, now we have to get rid of him. Because now he's going to claim, not only were we over on Arias, not only were we over on Abram and Achai, now we're over on murder. Now we're over on attempted murder. So now he's really trying to kill us. So now we have to go after him. That's what the Ksav Silver says. He adds on that right over there. Rechaim Paltiel is the clearest Rishon that says that he was a Rodef. So we already have technically Moser. He's the one that says Rodef. They were claim- he was claiming to kill them in one way, and that's Chayb Ibn Noach, and that's that. Number three, the Moshev Zikanim says he was Oved Avodazara. Anybody know how? How was Yosef Tzadik Oved Avodazara? When was Yosef Tzadik possibly over on Avodazara? What do you got? No. It's not the coat. The coat was great for Gaiva purposes. It's not enough to be an Ovid of Odazara. It's crazy, right? What happened in his second dream? The sun, the moon, and the stars bow down to him. He's a god, and everything's bowing down to him. So because of that, he considered him, they considered him an Ovid of Odazara. Everything's bowing down to you. You think you're the Icar of the world. You're the god of the world. You're an Obeid Avodazara. Yes, everything's for all you guys, by the way. You can definitely have food, okay? You don't have to just have the challenge. But yeah, that's Obeid Avodazara. So they said that that's why he was willing to be, that they were willing to kill him because he's an Obeid Avodazara. Yeah. According to the opinion that uh, they tried to sit dogs on him and it was Gabriel and stuff, yeah. how does that not make you reevaluate your right to kill this person if, if there's an actual malach that's defending We're going to get to that. But the answer is, it's a din. 
If the din is to kill him, you kill him. It doesn't matter that Gavriel's on the other side. We don't paskin like Malachim. We paskin like human beings. And if human beings say he's supposed to die, he dies. So that's the third answer. The fourth answer. Well, at that point, the Torah wasn't... No, I, I hear what you're saying, because technically the Torah was still right. up in Shemayim itself. I still think that Ain Torah Mina Shemayim applies even before that time. Dave, yeah. What do you mean, apostle? Because the relatives, if they're B'nai Noah, then it's a possibility that it's a kosher based in. But then you say if it's a B'nai Noah, they held They held that they were so there's a, there's a massive shadow of this. The Parsha's Drachen has an entire thing on this, on whether or not they thought they were going to from the Israel. I've seen this theory in many different places. If you check out the Sefer, there's a Sefer went out there, it's called Medrash Plia. He brings both sides, that they thought both. I can't answer that. I really don't know. But it's, a, it's an awesome machlokets. It is an awesome machlokets. Number four, there's a Sefer Anitzachon in Shoftim Kuf Samach Bezim at Aleph that says that they thought he was Moraid B'Malchus because Yehuda's supposed to be the king. And Yosef is claiming that he's the king. You're more than Malchus, you deserve to die. So therefore they went in and they tried to kill him. That's number four. Number five, this is a crazy one. Rabionis and Ipschitz, in his Sefer Tzveris Yonasan, says the following. He says, every king in Klau Yisrael must die before their time in order to fulfill the word of God. They cannot die too late. Shola Melech had to be killed. He was the first king of the Malchus of Yisrael leading into Malchus based of it. He had to be killed in that way. That's what had to happen. So too, the same will happen to Mashiach ben Yosef. Unless the Spartan are really davening by Estamach David. We're waiting for you guys, right? You're davening for Estamach David for Mashiach ben Yosef. But that's written down. That's supposed to happen. So they thought to themselves, if Yosef is not supposed to die anyway because he's the first king in Klal Yisrael, then let him die through the hands of a Jew, not through the hands of a Goy. If he dies through the hands of a goy, then that's going to be something worse for him. So let him die in the hands of the Jew. We'll kill him instead because he's the first king of Klal Yisrael. That's a crazy answer. That's an absolute crazy answer. And they said from that, Yeruvah Minavot will never exist. Yeruvah Minavot will never be born. That's the idea behind it. It's such an unbelievable answer. Rav Yonis and Ipschitz explains it a little bit over there, but that's that. I've got number, I think it's number six, if I have it correctly. Two, three, four, five, six. Chidush Rim says... We all know that there's a Gemara Megillah Davzayin and Aleph where Rabbah shechted Reb Zeram Purim and then eventually brought him back to life. We know there's a Gemara in Baba Kama Kuf Yitzayin Mabez Kuf Yitzayin Mabez Kuf That Kuf Yitzayin I'm sorry I'm at Aleph to Amad Bez that mentions that Reb Yochanan right brought Reb Kana back to life. We know there's a Gemara in Abu Zara the Reb Chanina brought back the guard of Antoninus back to life and Antoninus said I know that all of you have the ability to bring people back to life. I know that happens at all times. So that clearly means that all of these people have the ability to do Says the Kedusha Rim, the Shvatim also knew how to do Tchias and Mason. They said, let's kill him. And if Yaakov finds that too hard, we'll bring him back to life. What's the big deal? For them, we know how to do Tchias and Mason. So the Chuvenar gave, let's kill him. And then we'll bring him back to life if we need to. That's the Kedusha Rim. The Rashmi Bells doesn't allow that whatsoever. He says, how can, in the world, can you use Shamos? You can use Shamos for something Bidiyevin. When Rabbah woke up in the morning, he's like, oh my gosh, that was a crazy perm. I just killed somebody. Then yeah, you can bring somebody back to life Bidiyevin. But you can't do that on purpose. Rabbi Yochanan killed Rabbi Kana by accident. He didn't realize that he had a cleft lip. So therefore, he's able to bring him back to life. Rabbi Hanina didn't know what to do with the guard of Antoninus. They're all Bidiyevins. They're not like You don't kill people and say, well, I can bring them back to life later. You can't do that. So the Rashmi Bells doesn't like it. But regardless, that's the idea behind all of these. He gives another derech over here that I'm not going to explain. That's number six. But that brings us to number seven. The Orachayim HaKadosh. The Orachayim HaKadosh says that they thought to themselves, there's a Gemara Bava Kama Chavav on the base. If ten people kill someone at the exact same time, they're all Patumidini Adam. So all they have to do is get ten people at the exact same time, right? The Shvatim, 
to kill Yosef at Tzaddik at the exact same time. No Binyamin involved in Yosef's the guy there. And if all ten of them killed the exact same time, then you're perfectly fine. Nothing's in, nothing to worry about. And they're Patimidini Adam. Right? The problem is, you may be Patimidini Adam, but you're not. Right? You're still Chayimidini Shemayim. So how is that mutter? Why would they be allowed to do such a thing and say that you're Chayimidini Shemayim? Right? If they're, they're still an issue. So why in the world are they allowing them to do it? So the idea is they thought the following, and it's such an absolute unbelievable assumption. The assumption is that the Shvatim judged him to be an aid zome, that he testified falsely against them, and therefore deserved to be killed. Now, even though by Jews we know that it has to be Adam Zomin, there has to be two people involved, they have to do it, and they both have to be found Zomin, etc. They didn't have two, they only had one. But it could be that he's a Ben Noah. And a Ben Noah and Aid Zomim is enough with one. And therefore they could kill him even with one. It's such a strange thing. Such a strange thing. But therefore, because of that, because he's an Aid Zomim, he's potter to kill him, Midine Shemayim. The only problem is he's still Bidini Adam would be a problem. So they would all kill him at once, and then they'd be Potter Midini Adam. They're Potter Midini Adam because they're all killing him at once. They're Potter Midini Shemayim because he's an Aid Zomim. Then there's nothing to worry about. So they combine those two together, and then they said it's okay. The Tam Vedas, it's Rav Sternbuch, Moshe Sternbuch, the Abbas and the Eid of Haredes, he's the only one that I'm going to mention today who's still alive. The, the Rav Sternbuch says a crazy thing. He says, how can you use a Din Yisrael of Adam Zomimim and apply that to Dine Bene Noah? for one eight zomim and expect those two to go together. You can't. They don't work with one another. So they can't work with one another. You can't do something like that. It's wrong with that logic. It doesn't make any sense. That's what the Tamvidah says. Next comes the Chassam Sofer. The Chassam Sofer says, the real issue was about Marita B'Malchus. Was he Morid B'Malchus against Yehuda? He was deserving of death. However, maybe because he was trying to kill them, he was also a Navi Sheker. Right? Because he was saying these dreams that they knew weren't true. Because he's a Baal Lashon Hara, Baal can't say Nevuos. That's a Yushalmi and Trumas and Perak Beis. So maybe that's the idea behind it. But the question was really, what about his property? Do they get to divide up his, to divide up his property? Or is the property Mufgar, Lakol, because is he a Morid B'Malchus? Or is he a Navi Sheker? And that was the Machlokas that they had. It is a very long Psalm Sofer. And you can look it up in two different places, but I'm not going to do that right now. I'm sorry? So the question is, was somebody, if somebody is already proclaimed to be the king and they knew that Yudah was going to be the king, because they did have some form of Ruach HaKodesh, all of them, is that good enough? That really was the guard. That's what the Sefer and Yitzchon and the Chassam Sofer are saying. If that's true, then maybe that's good enough to be able to be Machayavim, right? That he is Chay from Yudah Malchus, even though you're right, he wasn't a Melech yet. Yeah, Dave. No, but Yudah would have been the Melech first. He was accidentally the Melech first. No, I'm saying so. If Navi proclaims it, then it's different. But they claim that Yosef Atadik was proclaiming his own Malchus was a Navi Shakir because he's speaking Lashon Hara. So there's no way to be able to do it. By the way, you know the whole Machlokas, right? They held that he was a Baal Lashon Hara. And therefore he couldn't be a Navi, so he's a Navi Shakir. And a Navi Shakir has to be killed. That answer I didn't give over here, but that is answer number eight. He claimed, I'm not a Baal Lashon Hara because a Talmud is allowed to talk to his Rebbe if the Rebbe believes him Kibay Trey. If he's Nemanel of Kibay Trey, that's a hatter to be able to speak Lashon Hara. So I'm not a Baal Lashon Hara. They said, but that's only by a Talmud Mufuk. And you're not a Talmud Mufuk more than us. To which he said, I am a Talmud Mufuk because I'm learning with Yaakovinu things that you don't know and you don't even know that I'm learning with him late at night. So that was the machlokas between them. Because of that, he was allowed to speak Lashonara in that way, therefore he was allowed to be a Navi. But they thought he's a Baal Lashonara, and therefore he wasn't allowed to do it, so he's not a Navi. That's the machlokas. All right, let's go into Chai Ra'achalasu. Why were they planning on lying to Yaakov, you know, a Navi, about a wild animal eating him? 
What's the idea behind that? The Bechor Shor says, everyone knew the Shvatim were upset at Yosef Atzadik. Everyone knew that. And if something happened to Yosef, they would obviously think it's because of the Shvatim. That's the first thing that's going to happen. He dies, they're going to think that way automatically. That's why they planned this death so that no one's going to know about it. And they would hide the body in a place where it would never be found. L'chuf and our Gehu will kill him. We'll throw him in one of the pits and no one will be there. Everyone has to be in on it though. Because if one person gives it up, then they're all in a lot of trouble. But that doesn't explain the why. The Bechor Shur is explaining the how, what they were going to do. But why? Why would they specifically say, The Orachai says there were tons of scorpions, weasels, rats, and other animals that were in this area of the pits. And therefore, they assumed, if we kill Yosef and throw his body into the pit, what's going to happen to the body? It's going to be eaten by all those animals. So they would be right. They didn't say, white will throw him the Anochaya Ra Horgehu, that a wild animal killed him. It's not true. It's Chaya Ra Akalasu, ate him. Because they assumed that that's what's going to happen to his body. It'll fall into the pit and all the animals will eat his body. So they never lied. They never lied. They were planning on throwing his body into the pit. By that time, it would have been eaten and afterward, everything would have happened. Isn't that a crazy idea? That's the nutty idea. That's the first idea of the Orachayim HaKadosh. Next, Rechaim Kniyaski answers this question in, the word, in his Sefer Asicha. So too, the Ayelis HaShachar of Aaron Leib Shteinman, they both say the exact same thing. They had to lie because in their minds, this is Pikuach Nefesh. You're allowed to lie for Pikuach Nefesh. I don't know where the getter for that is and I don't know why this specifically was going to be Mutter, but they said for Pikuach Nefesh it was going to be Mutter. That was their Heter and that's what they said. The Grizz says they knew that if they tell Yaakov knew the truth, he'd be in even more pain. So it would be mutter to say a wild animal did it to take the pain away from Yaakov Avinu. You can lie if it'll be better for the person that you're lying to and you know that would happen that way. That's the third answer. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone was active, the din was that someone needed to be killed, yeah. then he would have agreed with it even if it was Yosef. For sure. Okay, so then obviously the Shvatim weren't confident. The Shvatim did not think that he would have been, that Yaakov would have been maskim to the din. He would have said, the din is true, but I'm asking you to have Rachamim. Because remember, MS is not just pure Midas Adin, it's with Rachamim thrown in. So if you have that MS, the MS that we have in the Yud Gimel Midas Rachamim, right? That's not MS absolute, it's got to be that way. It's MS with Rachamim, right? There's no way he'll let us do this. That was what they were afraid of. They knew he would be Moscow to the Din, and they knew that they, out, they outweighed him. It's, we go by the rove, but that's not good enough. That just isn't good enough. That's what they thought to themselves. They probably were right when it came to that. If they really held that way, there was no way he was going to be Moscow. There's a safer, Bina Li'itim, quoted by the Tal Leoros. He says, they didn't want to lie straight out, but they understood, right, that they, Yaakov you know, needed to hear something directly from them. So they wouldn't be able to say, we have no idea what happened to him. They could have just said, we never saw Yosef. We don't know what happened to him. They knew that Yaakov Inu needed to hear something from them. So what they said is, a Ra. Someone who speaks Lashon Hara is called a Ra. If you're a Baal not somebody who speaks once. You're a Baal or you speak Lashon Hara all the time and you can't get yourself out of it, out of it that's a Ra. That's what the Sefer Bini means. And therefore, what they meant to say was that the Lashon Hara that he told Yaakov Inu was what killed Yosef. When they said, Yaakov would make the connection and say it really was Lashon Hara. Oive, it really was Lashon Hara. That's what they expected to happen. Therefore, it wasn't a lie. It was an expectation of what Yaakov would do based on that information. <clears throat> the Paris Yosef says, if they did not say an animal had killed him, 
they were afraid that Yaakov was going to go after Yosef. It's not going to do everything he can to find him. There's no closure. He would feel like, I don't know where he is. And if a wild animal took him, who knows what's going to happen? You didn't find anything? You didn't find anything with him? Do you guys see that article about the tiger that was found in one of those Indonesian com- uh, countries? There was a tiger that was found with a shoe in its mouth. So they realized something was up and they searched the enclosure. They got rid of the tiger and they searched the enclosure and they found somebody had climbed down and the tiger got him immediately and no one noticed. No one had any idea. They don't know how long the body was in there. When I read the article, they didn't know how long the body was in there for. That's a chayarachalosu. That's an actual idea. You need that closure. So they told Yaakovinu something that would give him absolute closure and say, well, that's that. Then he goes into the whole idea, but wasn't he a shlech mitzvah, right? How could a shlech mitzvah be killed, right? And they thought like maybe he was thinking thoughts of Avodah Zarah and that goes into the Avodah Zarah vote that we set up earlier. Either way, regardless, he goes into that entire idea. He also speaks about the idea of what it means to be tarof, taraf Yosef, that he was torn apart, whether he got skill or not. It's another idea. Tfaris Yonason, again, Rabbi Yonason Ibschitz, I have no idea where he gets this from. It's absolutely unbelievable. He says, every king, before he becomes king, has to beat up a wild animal before he becomes king. I, I've never heard this. It sounds like, like, what's that? The Black Panther. You know, like, I, it sounds like such a strange thing, right? That you can, you can do such a thing. Yeah. Like, you have to beat up a wild animal beforehand. He says, Shimshon tore apart the lion. Before he became king, even though he never was a king, he was a shofate. I, I don't understand it. Sholomelech tore apart an animal, uh, an ox, and sent pieces to all of Yisrael to go fight against Ammon when they were fighting against Yavish Gilad. Don't worry if you didn't know that. I know you didn't go to seminary. It's fine. But Sholomelech did that as well. David Amelech said, I beat up all the lions and the bears when I was in the fields. That's what the kings do. Again, I have no idea if Shlomo Melech at the age of nine <laughs> went and beat up a bunch of... I have no idea. But that's what he says. The kings did that before. And so therefore, David Melech would have tested himself if he was going to be a king by beating up an animal. And the wild animal ate him. That's what the Shvatim said. And that's very soon said that. What's up, Yaakov? Shepherds? Yeah, in some way, shape, or form. Well, that's not really beating up an animal. I guess you whip them, no, right? No, I defended the sheep. Yeah, yeah, from against other other. Otherwise, it's true. Yeah, they're fighting against wild. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I I, I assume that's what happened to Shaul Melech also. I just don't see it by all the kings. It's just a funny thing to say that every king. But Rabbi I it's Rabbi Yonason. I just those two things that Rabbi Yonason says are just absolutely crazy. All right, then comes the end of the pasuk. The end of the Pusik says, right, that we have, right, uh, the wording is exactly, we'll see what's going to be with his dreams. Guys, time, I don't have my clock like I usually do. What? Can I have your watch for a second? Okay. Rashi quotes Rabbi Yitzchak, who says at the end of the Pusik, thank you, who says at the end of the Pusik, that the, the end of the Pusik seems to be screaming, darshan me. And we'll see what's going to be with the dreams. What do you mean we'll see what's going to be with the dreams? Obviously, right, if he's dead, the dreams are not going to come true. So Rashi says the most unbelievable thing from Rabbi Yitzchak. He says, it was Ruach HaKodesh talking. Now notice, by the way, it does not say a baskol and not nevuah. A Ruach HaKodesh said, right, we'll see what's going to be with his dreams. It's very weird wording. Very, very weird wording. The Shvatan think they're going to kill Yosef and that the dreams won't happen? No! No, it's not going to happen. The dreams are going to happen anyway, and everything's going to come true. That's it. We'll see who's going to work. If it's going to be me or you, said a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's what Ruach HaKodesh was saying. And the Chidah learns it from the word Venira. Ready? The Rashi Tevis of Venira is the Ruach HaKodesh Omeres Nire Mayuch Alamosav. 
the Ruach HaKodesh Omeris is Vav Hey Aleph, and Nira is Nun Resh. Nira Mayichel Mosef. They learned it from right there, that's Veruach HaKodesh Omeris. Kind of cheating, because Veruach HaKodesh is not easiest way of doing things. But either way, we got that's the Chidah, he says right over there. Although that's something that people would say, he says it must be that that's where Rashi Darshan from, that's the idea. The Be'er Basada says he finds this really interesting because he can't find the Medrash anywhere. This Medrash that Rashi's quoting, I can't find it anywhere. He says, I don't understand. In fact, the Medrash indicates that the Shvatim said it, not Ruach HaKodesh. He says he doesn't understand it whatsoever, but he ends with, Ein lo re'inu raya. The fact that I haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not true. You should know, by the way, the Be'er Basad is one of the Yudalaf and Forshe Rashi. He is an expert in Midrashim. He quotes Midrashim all over the place to argue, agree with Rashi all over the place. But this one, he may not have had access to. The Be'er Basada lived in the late 1700s, early 1800s, and the actual source is in Medrash Tanchuma Yashan, Vayeshev Perak Yud Gimel. I found it in the, uh, the Torah Shlema by Rabbanacham Kasher. It is not quoted this way in any other measure. There's a measure in Bereshit's Rabba Perak Pedali that's very different. But in this one, Medrash Tanchuma Yoshan Vayeshev, which I, I honestly believe there's no way he had it. He had the Tanchuma that was by Bubur, and he had the other Tanchuma, but he didn't have the Tanchuma Yoshan. So I think that is the real idea behind the Be'er Basada itself. There's a Ksav Sofer that says something over here as well, but I want to go on. The Nitziv says it's clear the Shvatim said these words as well as a Baskol. It's not just Ruach HaKodesh saying it. It was the Shvatim saying, Venire Mayu Chalomosel. But the Ksav Zilfer says, that's exactly how it should be. The Shvatim said something that did not make any sense. They said, like, we're going to kill him. We're going to throw him in one of the pits. And we'll see what happens to the dreams. And all of a sudden, they stopped themselves for a second. They were like, why did we just say that? Why did we say that? Meaning, they said it. But they didn't realize that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Basko, was coming and putting it in their heads to say, and they were being sarcastic when they were never sarcastic. And he says they somehow ignored that voice from above, thinking that they said it themselves, and they just sort of shrugged their shoulders and were like, all right, I guess that's what we're supposed to do. It was so weird to them. But that teaches us to be constantly aware of our surroundings. When you say something that you mama should not have said, and it's a message that seems to be telling you not to do something or to do something that might be a message from Shemayim. We're not on the level of Shvatim. Chas v'shom to come anywhere near such a thing. But we are on the level where we could get certain things that we say without even meaning it. The Baal Shem Tov one time was talking that told us Yaakov Yosef. Told us Yaakov Yosef at first was misnagged against Chasidus, but eventually he came around and he wanted to be with the Baal Shem Tov. So one of the first conversations they had, they were learning together. And as they were learning together, so... The, what's it called? The, uh, the Baal Shem Tov said that everything in this world is a message for you. Everything. So a guy came in just at that moment, an older man, and he said, Rebbe, is there anything to fix in, in your house? And he said, no, I have nothing to fix. So he said, Rebbe, there's always something that needs fixing. And he turns to the Tulsiak and he said, see? You see? That's a message that there's always something that needs fixing. Tulsiak said, like, waved his hand. He said, nah, come on, that's ridiculous. This guy is not giving us a message from Shemayim. He's like, it's dumb, like he's a nobody. There's no way this guy is giving a message from Shemayim. Baal Shem Tov said, you do understand this. You just don't want to. So he went out, told Yaakov went out, and he's walking in the streets. As he's walking in the streets, he sees like a pile of hay in the street that fell off a wagon, right? Because what's a Hasid Shemaisa without a wagon, right? right? So he sees the pile of hay, and this guy is standing there, and he's like, hey, hey, you, can you help me with these piles of hay? And he looks at it, tells Yaakov Yosef, and he says, like, I, I can't do it. That's way too heavy for me. And the guy looks at him and says, yes, you can. You just don't want to. Right? And he's like, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. He goes back to the Baal Shem Tov, becomes a chassid in the field, whatever. He writes it to Yaakov Yosef. What? No! No, he, he didn't want to. <laughs> I, I don't know if he helped the guy. He's a Jew. He knows. I, I think, 
I think that's the difference between a Hasidish Shemaisa and the Misnagdish Shemaisa. You know, a Misnagdish Shemaisa, and then he realized he has to work on his Midos. The Hasidish Shemaisa is, that's a message for Shemayim. I don't have to do that. I have to go back to the Valshamto. Right? That's, that's the difference between, I think that's the difference between the two. Either way, the Panim Yafos says the craziest pshat. He says it was Ruach HaKodesh, and it did come down from Shemayim. But listen to what he says. There's a Gemara in Tainas Tafchapalaf. Rabbi Yochanan and Ilfa had decided they're no longer learning. They're deciding instead they're going to go into business because they're super poor. They sit by a dilapidated wall. You're not allowed to sit down by a dilapidated wall. That's a dangerous place to sit. There's a Malach, two Malachim on the other side. One Malach says the other. Let's throw this dilapidated house on these two Chachamim who are leaving the Chai Olam and they're going into Chai Yishol. Let's throw this wall on top of them. Right? So one of the other Malachim says to the other one, and he says, no, one of them will become a Rosh Hashiva. Don't throw the wall on top of them, one is going to become a Rosh Hashiva. Rabbi Yochanan heard it. He said to Ilfa, did you hear that? Ilfa said, I didn't hear it. Rabbi Yochanan said, they must be talking about me. He said, forget it, I'm going back to Yeshiva. Went back to Yeshiva, became the Rosh Hashiva. When Ilfa came back from his business trip, they said, oh, if you were here, we would have made you Rosh Hashiva. And Ilfa said, well, I'm still just as good. And he got up there, whatever, that's the rest of the Gemara. But that means that if you hear it, you have an opportunity to do something. They all heard it? Not true, says the Panam Yafos. Only Ruvain heard it. The voice came out. A Basko came out. A Ruach HaKodesh came out. And it said, We'll see who's right, me or you, says God. And Ruvain heard it. And Ruvain called out and said, Did you guys just hear that? And everybody's like, No, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Nobody heard anything. So Ruvain said, Then it's up to me. We're not killing him. We're not killing him. That's what he says. Venir Mayukolomosov was a message directed at Ruvain to be able to save him. That's Eddie Bani. Now, the Ramban says it's Pshat. They said, we'll see what happens to his dreams then, right? It's sort of like a test. So to the Malvim says that, the Maral Diskin says that, Ksabba Kabbalah says that, it was a test. Venir Mayukolomosov, we're going to see what's going to be with the dreams themselves. The Orachayim Akadu says they knew that the only reason why the, the Yosef Atzadik was dreaming about this because he wanted it to happen. So they said, we're never going to let that happen. That's Nir Mayukolomosov. We know it's not going to happen. The Abarbanel says they didn't believe the dream dreams happened in the first place. They thought the whole thing was a lie. The Shachala Torah says they knew that they wouldn't be able to kill Yosef Atzadik, so they knew that Yosef Atzadik would be alive, but they wanted to be mevatel the dreams by doing something else. And then comes the Chassam Sofer. This is the most brilliant Chassam Sofer you've ever heard. They wanted to be Mekayim the dreams right now. If we take Yosef and we throw him in a pit, then what are we going to do? We're going to lean over the pit to go see what he's doing inside there, right? What does that look like? If you see a bunch of people leaning into a pit, they're all bowing down to Yosef. They say, let's throw him in a pit and then lean over him. We'll see if the dreams come true because we were just Mekayim them. We just did it. They wanted to be Mekayim the dreams right then by bowing down to Yosef while he was inside the pit and therefore they wouldn't have to bow down later. And the Kodesh Baruch obviously said, no, no, that's not going to be good enough. You're going to see, you're going to bow down to him later on as well. It's going to happen later, not once, but twice. You're going to bow down him as well. One time for food, and one time because he is the king of Mitzrayim itself. And what was the reason why it was wrong? Why were they wrong? 100% they just were Makai in the dream. And the answer is, there were 11 stars in the dream. One of the stars was Binyamin, and Binyamin was not with them. So therefore they knew that couldn't be Makai's dream. Reuben was still with them, so that he wasn't gone yet. But Binyamin wasn't with them. And therefore it wasn't Makai all the way. And the last thing we're going to say is Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky was asked, he said, by one of his grandsons, I think he says in a sefer, why is this not Lashon Hara? How is it not Lashon Hara to speak about the Shvatim in such a way that they were going to kill his brother? It's a horrible story that they wanted to kill his brother for having dreams about them, for having dreams of grandeur. 
right? Therefore, you're going to kill your younger brother? It's crazy. Why are we allowed to know about their terrible mistakes? Ryabka Kamenetsky first said, at first, he said he wanted to say that Lashnahara doesn't apply to the dead. Lashnahara doesn't apply to the dead. You can speak Lashnahara about the dead. There's a cherem akadmonim. Minat Torah, you're allowed to speak Lashnahara about the dead. There's a cherem akadmonim. There's a cherem from the kadmonim that you're not allowed to speak motzi shemra about the dead. Can't say motzi shemra. But Lashnahara about the dead is still mutter. And this was true. It's Lashnahara. It's not motzi shemra. And therefore, because it's Lashnahara, not motzi shemra, maybe it's mutter. Right? That's what he thought. He said, but either way, he said, I think it's a different answer. The Shvatim all held, based on what we said up until now, they held this as Minadin. This was not something that they made up on their own. They were angry, they were jealous, and they were just upset at Yosef and they wanted to kill him. They held this was Minadin. He was Chai Minadin. And they felt they were not wrong. They felt that even Yaakovina wouldn't be able to stop them. Yaakovina would have asked them to have mercy. But he wouldn't be able to stop them. They mamish paskind, absolute paskind, that the Allah was a Yosef Atzadik deserved to die, and they did it l'shem shamayim. And therefore, they knew, right? They were getting themselves involved in this. Yosef was worried about this for years when he was in Mitzrayim, and that's why he never sent a message back to Yaakov to tell him where he was. For 22 years, he sits there and he's silent in Mitzrayim because he knows if he tells the Shvatim he's still alive, the Shvatim are going to kill him again. Because the Shvatim are people that know that Mina Dini deserves to die. And even though they had a little bit of mercy by either throwing him in a pit or taking him over, maybe the scorpions and snakes, or maybe by sicking dogs or by selling him down as a slave, they might have had a little bit of mercy. But if they know he's alive and they held Mina Dini's Chaimisa, they would have done it. They would have absolutely done it. Until he proved otherwise, which is what he did later on. He proved otherwise that he was supposed to become the king of Mitzrayim and that he was right with the dreams. And therefore, at the very end, they realized and they didn't want to kill him. There is even a metrish, by the way, that after he revealed himself to be Yosef, they wanted to kill him. And a malach had to hold back every one of the shvatim from killing him. And he had to go over to each one of them and show them his bris milah that he doesn't deserve to be killed. But Mamish, the Medrash says that they wanted to kill him 22 years later after he reveals himself to them. He says one reason why he thinks this way. He says, if this was a psak din, right, then there's no way you could be swayed by emotions, right? Unless you come out with a different psak, which is what Ruvain did, let's throw him in the pit instead, so we're not killing him directly, we're killing him indirectly. Or you'd have said, let's sell him instead, and that was a different psak, then you could follow it, right? But if it's a psak din, emotionally speaking, you can't go around it. So when Yehuda said to them, eh, let's just sell him and said, what profit are we getting out of killing our brothers? Who cares? It's a din. If it's a din, we kill him. The fact that they were willing to get over and say, all right, if you feel we should sell it, we should sell it. And they were masking to the din of Yehuda means that it was always a din. It was never jealousy. It was never out of anger. It's because they mamish felt that that was the halacha or they never would have listened to Reuven and Yehuda. And if so, says Re'akal Kanatsky, how in the world is this Lashon Hara? The fact that people might not understand it correctly, so who cares about them? It's not Lashon Hara. We know that they meant it in the best possible way. And if you know everything about the Shvatim, you know they didn't mean to do it in this way. So all the idiots that go around and they say like, oh, what do you mean? The Shvatim hated Yosef. They wanted to kill Yosef. I'm learning Pshat. Right? Come on. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's not Pshat in a Pusik. That's not Pshat in a Pusik. That's like saying that Rivka and Yitzchak... Okay, I don't want to say. Right? <laughs> you can't say that. That's not something normal. Yeah, Dave, we'll stop so, with this. But. So if that's the case, then Lobashamayani, yeah. their, their sock holes... They did the shmah. Yeah. They're not wrong. Then why do they have the Asari Ah, that is a great question. But we're not going to get into it right now. Ah. Why is Asari Gemachos? Believe that. We'll get into it next time. Shkayach, everybody. Have a great.